Hello, Ignite. Um, we have made it uh, to the last Sunday of 2020. And I know for many people, this is a time of rejoicing, maybe a time of relief. Um, I don't think anybody just wants to hear over and over again how hard this year has been, um, but we all know that it has. It has, it has been incredibly challenging. And it, it has, uh, we have words that are entrenched in our vernacular, things like unprecedented or social distancing or, uh, you know, any of those other things that we, we see uh, during this time. And, and what happens really when we get to the end of the year, and what I'm hoping that you do, because really as Americans, we don't do this well, um, but I hope that over the next few days, you'll take some time to reflect on this year. I pray that you just actually take some time to reflect on this year. And, and you're going to experience a wide range of emotions if you do. Um, you might feel uh, sadness and maybe mourning. Maybe, maybe you lost a loved one uh, during this time. Maybe you lost your job during this time. Maybe you have uh, lost, there was, you had a trip, you had a plan. I know friends who had their anniversary trip this year that got canceled. Um, take some time to mourn and be sad over the things that were lost this year. You also might find some times to laugh. There's some, some humor that came out of this as well. And maybe there's some new things that you learned. And maybe also, too, to be thankful. In certain places of the world, um, during the end of the year, they take time not only to celebrate with anticipation what the next year will bring, but they also take a time to be thankful for God sustaining them through this time. So my encouragement to you is to take some time to reflect this year. Uh, over this year. And, and, um, and what you're going to find is that you're going to have emotions. And emotions are good. Feelings are good. And they help us process and give, give validity to some of the things that we've experienced during this time. And hopefully, as you process through your emotions, um, we can start to move forward again. Maybe I'm praying that there's healing that happens in your life through that. Because we're going to keep moving forward. It's what, it's what we have to do as, as a culture and as a people. And, and, and I want you to know that as we look into this next year, um, one of the things I want us to remember, um, and this is, this is why I wanted to, to, what I wanted to talk to you about today, and that is this, uh, we're stronger when we pray for each other. Let me say that again. We are stronger when we pray for each other. About 10 years ago, uh, we, uh, my family and I moved here to, to start Ignite Church. We felt like God was calling us to start this church. And for the first five years, it was just kind of a, a whirlwind of activity. But somewhere around year five, year six, um, some, of, uh, some of the people in our church, including the board of overseers, said, Steve, we really need to dedicate more and put more attention on prayer. And uh, one of the things we did is we formed a prayer team and, and we gather, when we, whenever we gather um, in person, we have a, a group of people that gather before uh, the services to pray for the services and to pray over me. And I know for a fact that when that started, when we started making that a regular practice, my preaching got better and, and more people were responding to Jesus it's almost like if you ask God to do something that he loves to help us, that he loves to come alongside of us, that he loves to work within our midst. And so we, we, we made that a regular practice to pray before our services. And I still pray fervently before these 
services, even when they're online, praying that God will do something in the lives of all of us. And we get stronger when we pray for one another. And, and as I think about where you're at, first off, I just want you to know, I love you. Uh, and I'm praying for you. I'm concerned. There are things, my concern sometimes keeps me up at night um, for the church. I'm concerned about our people. I'm concerned about you um, and the feelings of isolation. I'm, I'm concerned about uh, people disengaging and growing cool and cold to the things of the Lord. It, that bothers me, and I'm, I'm concerned about that. I'm also concerned about you being discouraged um, and wrestling through doubt and, and getting uh, just wrapped up in our own thoughts and not having the Word of God anchor us. And so I, I'm just, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And I'm praying that, that as we go forward, that you would be stronger, stronger, that you can be the, 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 the strongest disciple that you can be to make the biggest impact you can possibly make. And so today I want to share with you uh, a couple of things. One, I, I, I want to let you know how I'm praying for you, um, but also I would ask you to pray for me as well. And so that's where we're going to be today. We're going to be in two different spots. We're going to be in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, um, and then we're going to be over in the book of Colossians, and that will be in chapter 4. So let's, let's begin uh, right now with, with how I'm praying for you uh, right now during this season, 2 Thessalonians. Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. It says this. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. I'm going to break that down. I'm going to kind of walk through this. I want you to know that I am praying that the Lord himself would comfort you. I don't know what you particularly need comfort for. I don't know what you need encouragement for and what everyone is going through, but the Lord does. And I pray that the Lord would meet each and every one of you personally with his presence himself to comfort you. You know, we look to a lot of things in, in our culture and in our world to comfort us. We'll, we'll go to food, right? There's this whole category, comfort food. So we, we love to eat and eat, you know, eating gives us comfort. Or we'll, we'll binge watch TV shows or we'll go back and rewatch different things. Maybe we'll go back and, and, and look through old, uh, old photo albums or, or maybe we'll go back and, and read old books or maybe we'll listen to familiar music. There's a lot of things that we do to comfort ourselves. And while none of those things are, are wrong you know, in and of themselves, I will tell you this, that that comfort is fleeting. It doesn't last. That comfort is fleeting. It doesn't, it doesn't last. Those are good gifts, but if you're looking for those to be your, your, always be your comfort, well, that gets really wonky really, really fast. And so today I want to talk to you about there's a difference between presence and presence. I know it sounds the same, but, but the difference between presence, like a gift, I got a present, and presence, someone is near us. There's, there's, there's a, a, a being in our midst. There's a difference between a good gift and good company. And my hope and prayer today is that you would 
experience the presence of God, his, his dwelling among us, his, his nearness to you in your time of need, in your time of joy, in your time of rest, in your times of reflection, that God would be near you during this time. I pray that the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father would comfort your hearts. I'm praying for that for you today, that God would comfort your hearts. And it says that we are, we are comfort and God loves us and he gives us a good hope through grace. Hope through grace. Grace, this idea that, that we get benefit without earning it. We, we have favor without merit. When someone is gracious to you, have you, ever, have you ever experienced hope because someone didn't give up on you? Have you ever experienced that, that taste of that grace that says, wow, if this person remains near me in the middle of my mess and in all of my crazy, maybe there is hope for me. And I pray that you know that, that God never leaves, God never forsakes, God never gives up. And we could take hope in that, that he's, he's doing work in us and that he's near us in this time that you would find comfort. And may you be comforted in knowing that God is gracious to you. Even if you're not getting everything done on your to-do list, even if you're not measuring up to what you think you should be, even if you're listening to what I'll call the dictator in your head, you know the voice, the thing that just constantly gets at us and say, you should do this, you should be more, you should do all these things. My prayer is that you would listen to the voice of the Lord, one of comfort during this time. And that in that comfort, he would establish your hearts, it says. That we, when we rest in being comforted by grace, it allows us to be firm in our relationship with God. It allows us to, 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 to be able to, to, to stand up when we need to. That we would be established. I pray that, that God establishes your heart in every good work and word. Now you need to know Grace is what saves us. Our good works and our good words aren't anything that, that earned favor with God, but every good work that we do, everything that's in alignment with what God would have for us, that establishes in our hearts. It reminds us that this is the way that we should walk in. This is, this is what we do, and this is how we move forward. That your hearts would be established. The Apostle Paul, who wrote the letter 2 Thessalonians to the people of Thessalonica, uh, what was happening is, is he was called by God and he went over and he planted a church in Thessalonica. He didn't stay there long. He couldn't be there long because of the heavy persecution and the threats on his life. And so he had to leave. And he left this small fledgling church without, without him to lead them through this and in the time of immense persecution. And in 1 Thessalonians, we find out that, that Paul's encouraged because the people have remained faithful even in the middle of hardship. And every time we act in accordance with the Lord, it, it establishes our heart again that, yes, this is what we are to be doing. This is how we are to live. This is the joy that comes with being connected to Jesus, about being comforted by his grace, that he forgave our sins when we weren't looking for it, when he, he came and he forgave us. He lived the life that we could not live. He died the death that you and I deserve in our place for our sins. And he rose from the dead 
to give eternal life to all who would believe on his name. And to believe on his name is to put your trust in him. And we can do that anywhere, any place, anytime. And God hears our prayers and he will forgive you if you just give your life to him. It's amazing. It's this incredible truth knowing these beautiful things. And he says, every time you hear those words, I want your heart to be established. Every deed that you do, I want your heart to be established. The Lord will establish your work. Every time we honor the Lord through our words and our works, it reinforces what we know to be true. And that is God is good. God is powerful. God is kind. God loves us and is gracious to us. And he is worth living for. And by trusting in him, we are welcomed into his presence and in the presence of God the Father. So I pray that you know these things, that you find comfort in these things, that the Lord himself would meet you in these places wherever you find yourself, that he would establish your hearts. Because when our hearts are established, we're able to, we're able to withstand the storms of life. It's my prayer for you today, church. I love you, and I pray that God would comfort you in this time. I'm going to read that scripture again. Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. This is my prayer for you, and because when we pray for each other, we're stronger. We're stronger when we pray for each other. So I pray that you grow in strength this year. I also would ask you to pray for me. I desperately need prayer. And I pray that as a church together that, that I can pray for you and that you would pray for me. The same uh, person, the Apostle Paul, who planted the church in Thessalonica would also plant one in Colossae, and he would write in Colossians chapter 4 this, and, and, and I share the sentiment. It's, it's great. It says, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am a prisoner, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Now, while I'm not in prison, um, I do share the sentiment that, that, that when you pray, would you pray for me? And when you pray for me, I pray, I would ask that you would pray that doors would be opened for us to share Jesus. I pray that. I pray that. I pray that for in my own life. I, I pray that for our church. I, I really do. I pray that more people this year in 2021, this coming year, I pray that more people will hear the message of Jesus than in any other time in our church's history. I pray for that. And I, I want you, I'm asking you to pray that doors would be open, that we may share the mysteries of Christ. The mystery really is this, is that we can't wrap our head around what God has done for us. Why would God come in the flesh? You know, why would he come and live this life perfectly? Why would he die on the death, 
why die the death that you and I deserve on the cross? Why would he do that? Why would he? Because he loves us. It's a mystery. Like it's, it's hard to fathom. It's hard to wrap your head around how much he really does love us. And I pray that there will be more opportunities to share that love, the mystery of Christ, with more people this year than ever before. It's also interesting to me that Paul is writing this from prison. The reason why he's in prison is for sharing the mystery of Christ. He's he's in jail because he shared the good news of Jesus Christ. And yet here he is praying that there would be more opportunities more opportunities, that the doors would be open for him to share Jesus with others. Church, I would ask that when you're, if you pray for me, that you would pray that I would have that kind of courage and that I would have that kind of faith. That God would do a work in my heart that would go, preaching Christ is what got me here, but I pray that I would have more opportunities to preach Christ, that I would have that kind of courage. And that I would have that kind of faith. And that I would be clear. When it comes time to preach, that I would be clear and I would be faithful. I don't want to shy away. I don't want to water things down. I don't want to apologize for what God has said. Because what God has said is good. And I want to have that kind of strength and I want to kind of have that faith because if I'm going to be honest, church, I fear what people think about me. I get nervous when I have to say something that doesn't jive well with the culture around me. I get anxious about sharing Jesus that it might be awkward and I don't like awkward. I get nervous about the, the tyranny of the opinions of other people and what they might say. The Bible calls that the fear of man. And I don't want to live under the fear of man. So I would ask that you would, when you pray for me, that, you, that God would make me courageous. God would make me fearless. That I wouldn't fear man. That I would love the Lord and respect and, and reverence and awe of him. But I wouldn't live under the tyranny of what people think. And so as we think about this next year, I want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm praying that the Lord would comfort you. I'm praying that the Lord would establish your heart, that you would know the Lord, that he would meet you personally, that you would have this powerful encounter with him. And I would ask that you would pray for me, that we would have opportunities to share Jesus And that when that happens, I would rise to the occasion. And that I would do so clearly and faithfully. Church, we have so many people, thousands, tens of thousands of people in our area that don't know Jesus. And it is my prayer that more people will know him 
by the end of next year than right now. And that God would allow Ignite Church to be a part of that. To share the good news of Jesus. And I pray that each and every one of you will have the opportunity to share your comfort with someone else. And the message of Jesus. God in the flesh. Come to this earth. Died on the cross. Rose from the dead. Gives eternal life. And a new beginning. And a connection with the Father in heaven. Because he loves us. We can rest in that love. So praying for you, church. I pray you have a great new year. And Lord willing, we'll see each other soon. Let's pray. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this opportunity to share the word. I thank you, God, for the things that are in there. And Lord, I pray for our church. I pray I pray that they would be comforted by you, that you yourself would meet each and every one of them in their place today, this day, that you would meet each and every one of them. I pray that they would be comforted by you and established, that their hearts would be established in you, trusting you and knowing that what you say is good and where you lead is good because you always go with us and you never leave us. Thank you for renewing our hearts. Thank you for refreshing our souls. Thank you for being with us in the midst of trial and tragedy, but also triumph. And God, please lead us in all ways. In Jesus' name, amen.